615-737-1045. That's 737-1045. Ryan Mudd will be my gatekeeper. He'll be the one behind the glass, taking your phone calls, bringing you through to me. If you listen to me on Friday, I stayed on one topic, answering a question that had been asked of me on the air on Thursday. We talked about it. Now we have a little bit more that we can talk about on that same subject, although I'm not going to spend the entire hour unless the phone lines just light up and you guys demand to talk about it. But before we get started, a reminder to me, I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. Hope this finds you and your family doing exceedingly well. On a quick note, even though I don't know them particularly well, one of them I know better than the other who I've never really even, I don't even think I've shaken his hand officially before. Some people in the industry today got some bad news uh, here in this city. And I have said before on a number of different occasions that I just don't believe in rooting for bad things to happen to people or seeing it as competition. Everybody's trying to make a living. Everybody is trying to feed their families. Everybody has unique circumstances and things going on. And so I just wanted to let those individuals know, and they know who they are, that what happened to them didn't, it didn't go, it wasn't invisible. They're not invisible. We care. And I was asked by someone close to one of them today to keep them in my prayers. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I hope you guys all do too. And if you know who I'm talking about, then you know who these guys are. And probably a much worse Monday for them than it was for you. It's just another reminder of how things can change. And so I'm rooting for those guys. I truly am. The XFL happened this weekend on Saturday and on Sunday. Friday, that's all I talked about. I said I didn't think it was financially viable long-term. I said this has happened before with the XFL, as a matter of fact, but it's happened with other startup attempts at pro football in the past, and it's never worked, mainly because the finances collapse. And it takes so long to try and gain a foothold that you've lost so much money that you end up just playing yourself out. It's like you, you run out of breath before you finish the race. And if you don't get to the end of the race, it doesn't really matter how fast you were running. Only thing that matters is who crosses the finish line first. So I watched, I didn't watch much of this, but I saw bits and pieces here and there. And I have also told you that when I see something good, when I see something that contradicts something I've said in the past, then I'm going to tell you about it. So I'm going to say some things here. One, I thought the football was okay from what I saw. It looked professional. I told you it had professional broadcasters built into it, so that's a positive right off the bat. It looked like a more cogent product, more cohesive product, more professional product. And people watched. The kickoff on ABC did an average of 3.3 million viewers, peaking at 4 million right around 5 p.m. on the East Coast. 3.3 is just a bit higher than what the AAF did when it first began. 
So this one eclipsed it. The XFL eclipsed it. Not by a lot, but by a little bit. And I've seen some tweets that are showing other events in sports and what they did in terms of that $3.3 million. Austin Karp does a good job for, I think, a sports business journal. Says, here are some non-football sporting events that drew a similar size audience. And actually says non-football, and then he mentions a football game. The Liberty Bowl between Navy and K-State did around the same number. On Christmas Day, the Celtics against the Raptors did around the same number. And then on Univision, the Liga MX final did around the same number on December the 29th. Now, that Christmas Day NBA, there are going to be people that have an axe grind against the NBA or just don't like them for whatever reason or have decided that that's going to be a punching bag for them that are going to say, ooh, this is bad for the NBA. Yeah, it's the defending champion Raptors, but it's the defending champion Raptors from Toronto in a market that doesn't matter much to this country without Kawhi Leonard, who no longer plays for them, against a Celtics team that, yeah, they probably are the reason why there were 3.3 million people watching. But Kimball Walker is the star of that team. 3.3 million for the opener meant there was some interest. All four of the XFL's games on opening weekend, according to Fox Business, drew an announced crowd of more than 17,000 fans. Defenders Dragons, $130 to get in on the secondary market. That according to Sports Illustrated. Darren Ravel of the Action Network said that before it even kicked off, the XFL had surpassed the ticket sales revenue for the entire season of the AAF. So it was on a little bit more solid ground. But I told you on Friday I thought it was on more solid ground because the financial constraints that doomed a lot of the other leagues didn't exist in the same fashion for the XFL. And I told you why. And now you're actually starting to hear these facts. You haven't heard them except from me and a select few other people over the past year, Vince McMahon set aside around $450 million saying, I know I'm going to lose 150 a season for the first three years. So I'm setting aside this as what I expect to be losses, and I'm telling you this up front. Now, he's not necessarily exposing that to the public, but that's what the people that are a part of the XFL understand. He has set aside his own money to burn, basically, to exist for three years, at which point he wants to renegotiate television contracts. There he hopes he can recoup a lot of these losses, and maybe he hopes he can do that even sooner than the three years. And after three years, he believes, okay, maybe in the fourth season we can be profitable. That is wildly optimistic, mainly because that is a long time for this league to exist. So I talked about this on my Fox Sports Radio show, which you hear right here on 104.5 The Zone on Sunday mornings. And I had people calling in that watched it, said, hey, you know what, I enjoyed it. And that seemed to be the consensus, even from football people. Although, most of the people were ESPN employees and folks like that who, let's be real here, they don't want this league to fail. The NBA might not have the attention of the country right now, but ESPN makes you think that it does. And there's a valuable reason for that in the form of billions of dollars of money that they have spent to be a partner with the National Basketball Association. That doesn't mean that anybody is not stating their own opinion. It's just they are going to root for this because it's better for them. I said I'm rooting for it because I want to see these guys get a chance. 
and I'd love for there to be more football that mattered. I just have my doubts about it. But the financial losses gives them an opportunity. But no one that called me said that they've become a diehard XFL fan because of one weekend. And if you listened to what people said, go back and find, especially go to CBSSports.com, their sports line site, whichever, whatever it's called these days, and look up what they were saying about the AAF for the first couple of weeks when they were doing power rankings, when they were talking about all the points being scored, when they were talking about the quality of the football improving. They wanted it to work. And they were behind it. And it seemed real positive. And maybe I was going to have egg on my face. Uh, the egg never reached my face. I'm not going to back away from what I said about the XFL. Because I'm not surprised that the football was compelling, at least at times. Sunday wasn't anywhere near as good as Saturday. But the second game on Saturday was dramatic. And you saw a couple of nice performances out there. But my big concern here is that in our society and in our culture, there are so many places that want our eyeballs, want our money, want our time, that unless they bring forth a plethora of quarterbacks that they can make us care about, this ain't going to matter. Because 3.3, do you think it's going to be higher? It's possible in the short term it could go up because the word of mouth was positive about the XFL's debut. But is it going to go up enough to counteract those that tried it out and said, okay, this is okay. If I don't have anything else to do, maybe I would watch this again, but aren't going to plan their lives around it. And I would tell you that if you were going to call me tonight and you feel free at 615-737-1045 to tell me that you're a giant XFL fan and you're going to sit there and schedule your weekend around this league I'm gonna have a hard time believing you I could see that you believe that now but this does not feel to me like essential programming it's better than the first time around or it certainly appears to be because there and one thing I said on Friday that didn't prove to be fully true one opinion I had was that I thought that there was a lot more gimmickry here Again, that they didn't believe in their own product. But generally speaking, yeah, there were some different rules, but it was more the football that we know, which is a positive. Doesn't necessarily, it doesn't matter if they have confidence in their product, honestly, if people are watching it and they enjoy it. But remember this also the original XFL in 2001 did good ratings off the top had really good attendance because right then and there, WWE was red hot, as hot as they've ever been. This was about two months before one of the biggest events that they would ever run in Texas before the business began to decline because of a creative decision that turned out to be a disaster. And then a series of other mistakes. But the XFL only lasted one year because the interest died before the end of the first year. Who are the stars of this league, and do you care? And if they're not quarterbacks, I honestly don't think you can create stars in football out of the start. You can create stars through quarterbacks, but if you don't have quarterbacks that you care about, if Cardell Jones and Landry Jones is the best it's going to be, and that article that I continued to read at ESPN that said Landry Jones, how he's become the face of the XFL, but does he want to be? Of course he doesn't want to be, folks. 
Landry Jones wants to be in the NFL, but that wasn't working out real well. So he's going to go do this. That becomes the other problem for the XFL. If you create celebrities in the XFL at the quarterback position and they're anywhere near decent, they're probably going to get a look with the big dance. You're not going to have the best player in the world playing in double A or even triple A for very long. He's going to get swallowed up by that major team, and then all of a sudden your local town's not going to have that guy playing anymore. And unlike college where there are a ton of great new high school quarterbacks chomping at the bit and always available to be recruited and brought in, there is not a lot of washout NFL players that are going to move the needle at the quarterback spot. So you've got, you know, you've got, I can't even pronounce his name properly, so I'm not going to try. Ole Miss quarterback. I think it's, I say Tamu, and it, I, that may be incorrect. Cardell Jones and Landry Jones and P.J. Walker, these are the quarterbacks. That's ultimately what's going to determine the fate, is whether or not you can get these quarterbacks. Because if you give me eight quarterbacks that I care about in an eight-team league, I'll watch your product. If you give me one, then maybe I'll watch him for a little while. But you've got to create interest in that position immediately, or the interest is not going to be there. And then the question becomes, is Vince McMahon cool with just being maybe a feeder league to the NFL? Or is he cool being the new arena football? And knowing how he's always operated, I don't think his ego would allow that very long. That's my problem. That's my concern. That's my question. Let's go to Joshua McMinnville real quick. Joshua, what's up? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man. So, the, my question was this. Where does someone supposed to start to become a fan of the XFL, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they got to put a product, product out there. We've got to consume if we're football fans, if we're interested. And I think the biggest problem that all these leagues have had over the years is no one believes that it's viable, that it's always going to be there. I mean, my family took a vote to be Titans fans when they came to Tennessee, okay? Before that... My dad was a Raiders fan. I like the Giants because of LT. But it's like we made allegiance to that because we knew the Titans were going to be in Tennessee, right? Yep. So I think the biggest problem is is people are running into, are we going to invest time, money, and as real fans, real fanatics, emotions and everything? But I do want to say I enjoyed watching it as a football fan. I, I'm kind of more interested to see on how the one, two, and three point plays come into play as it kind of right. carries on. Because I mean, you can be behind and kind of catch up there. I thought the comment commentary was good. I thought uh, the, the, it was funny watching coaches calling plays live, still covering their mouth. I thought that was hilarious. But I mean, they're all most of them ex NFL coaches. Yeah. But overall, I'm just saying it, it's kind of you know where do you start? And I think that they put a pretty good product out there, and let's just see where it goes. Joshua, I appreciate your comment. I think that's a valid question. Where do you start? I think that the way that they started wasn't bad at all. They got good television partners associated with it. It's not like they were going to be making a ton off those television deals. They're hoping to make it on the second row, second go-around. But if they can use the television partners to help mitigate their costs to some degree, then it might still be cost-effective for them. 
And if the football is decent and you get who you can get and who's going to play for you, well, we'll find out and we'll, you know, we'll go from there. There isn't a perfect model here. My argument has always been that question doesn't have an answer because some questions shouldn't be asked in the first place. What I'm saying is, I don't know how you're supposed to start because I don't know if you should start to begin with. This might be the best that we have seen in terms of that. So it's on solid ground for a week. But all the calls that I was taking for people that, that even the ones that said, yeah, this is pretty good, they don't, you know, there's no equity here. You're not a fan of one of these teams. So one thing that you have to do to answer the question, I will say this as a fan, if you want to care about this, if you want to be a part of the give a crap of the XFL, then you do have to just pick a team. And it's probably not in your market. So you've got to pick a team and you've got to stick with them. And you've just got to let that be the way that you get invested in this. Because otherwise, it's going to be really hard just to watch teams that you don't really know and players that you don't really care about playing half-decent football on the weekends for any real length of time. You might do it for a few weeks, but you're going to dwindle right on back to Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and Disney Plus and Apple TV and everything else. Your DVR that's way too full right now, you know who you are. You're not going to watch this unless you have something invested in it. That becomes the conundrum. So rule number one, if you want to care, is find a team and marry that team and stick with them and follow them and see if that can bridge your interest. Mark, we're over, so we got to get to break. But if you hang on, I'll take your phone call as soon as we come back. The number is 615-737-1045. This is the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. So... Welcome back to the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. We're brought to you by Renner's Warehouse. They're dedicated to making renting your home easy, fast, and worry-free. Renner's Warehouse, you can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. My name is Jason Martin, host of the program on Twitter at jmartzone. The telephone number is 615-737-1045. Let's go to Mark in Nashville up first in this segment. Mark, what is up? What's up, Jmart? Hey, man, Just how are enjoying you? This, uh, enjoying this beautiful evening. Yeah. Um. So, so you brought up, uh, something I thought that was interesting about creating some interest, you know, with players you don't really care about, um, all that stuff. So that made me think, and, and I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on this as much as you know about wrestling. Do you think, and do you think it's even possible to create scenarios where like X player would be, um, you know, certain quarterback would have a comeback drive? Or do you think that would ruin the money in Vegas as far as betting on it? Or just interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks, brother. All right, Mark. I don't think you can fix it. I know that it's possible to do so. You know, pro wrestling is also bet on in Las Vegas now before big events. WrestleMania, I mean, all the pay-per-views, there is a money line. And money actually tends to shift in the 12 to 18 hours before the shows, generally because the scripts get leaked to somebody and somebody was getting rich inside of these companies, taking what they learned and bidding on it, betting on it. So that's out there. I don't think Oliver Luck, as one, is associated with a league that would do something like that. I think it's different in pro wrestling than football and football in one key respect as well. Pro wrestling ultimately is a story. 
it's an action story told in the ring between two combatants or if it's a tag team four or whatever it is. And it's a story told to explain a fight. It is how can we make this look real in terms of me wanting to beat you and you wanting to beat me? And if we can then script in and write in a personal issue of some kind or just a pure pride, I want to be better than you kind of deal, then we can generate interest because there are a few things in this world that people will always pay to see. And one of them is a fight. It has been proven since the Coliseum. And I don't mean a building now. I mean the Roman Coliseum. There has always been an appetite to see a fight. Prize fights. UFC. And it made sense to take a group of people and write stories that would be fights to some degree, at least to say, okay, I need you to be my star. You have the look that I want. So you're going to win tonight, and you're going to win next week, and you're going to win two weeks from now and a month from now. In fact, you're not going to lose for the next, however long it is, nine months. I'm going to create a star out of you. Now, what happens between the bells in the ring, that is determined or should be determined by the combatants in there who are telling the story, who are like, okay, I'm going to do this to you. I want you to counter and do this to me. This is almost going to beat you, but you're actually going to get out of this situation just before the referee hits the three count, and that's going to bring people to their feet because they're going to think it's over and it's not. It's stuff like that. That's real simplified, but that's what it is. And there are less people involved in that. Football would be much different. Now, would it mess up betting if – the games were fixed, sure. I mean, games have been fixed in every sport. We know this. There's cheating going on. There are things that we are unaware of, and we shouldn't be naive enough to think that every little thing we see is genuine. We also shouldn't be cynical enough to believe that nothing we see is genuine. There is a happy medium in there. I don't think that the XFL is ever going to fix games. I think that they would love to have somebody emerge that could be dominant because that's what they need right now. And they do need interest. And my point again is, you just got to pick a team if you want to care about the XFL. You just got to pick a team, and you got to ride or die with them. And that, you know what? That goes for any sport of this type, any new league or something that you yourself don't really have investment in. And this is a situation where we don't have one of those franchises. We don't have an XFL franchise in Nashville. So who do you cheer for? Well, you find somebody. Maybe it's a quarterback who played for the college you love. If you're an Ohio State fan, maybe you pick Cardale's team, just as one example. Maybe you didn't care about hockey, but you were able to glom on to the Nashville Predators. Maybe you don't care about soccer, but you want to try with Nashville SC. So you're going to go to these games, and you're going to pay attention to what's happening. That's how it works. That's how it starts. My biggest concern for the XFL in every spring league is I already have an NFL team, and so do you. I already have a college team, and so do you. I have equity in them. Do I really need to also have a minor league team? How much time and how much 
brain matter can I spend on this one sport when I already have teams and in, in things that are better than than what they're offering me? That is the mountain that the XFL is trying to climb and that so many other attempts at this have failed at before they've run out of money. Matt's in South Nashville. We'll go to him real quick. What you got, Matt? Uh, hey, man. Uh, I was the one who called in about uh, spring football being viable last weekend, and I wanted to say thanks for going so deep on it. Friday was a really great show. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, anyway, um, I watched the whole weekend, and obviously I'm like a lot of people who probably listen to your show, uh, super into football, but I watched all the games and really enjoyed them. Um, I was going to point out that uh, the D.C. Defenders, I heard this on Twitter, apparently are already selling tickets for more than Redskins games tickets were going for. But uh, my my question was going to be, uh, I'm sorry, uh, my question was going to be, um, what did you think about some of the broadcasters interviewing the people right after the ne- negative place? Because obviously I like it after some of the positive stuff, but it all—it feels a little bit too intrusive. Thanks, man. I'll hang up and listen. All right. I'll answer that after the break because I know we're over. I also want to tell you about there's actually XFL news already, which will blow your mind. That Redskins point is funny because I had somebody call me on the Fox show yesterday morning from Washington, D.C., who said that he's decided to become a Defenders fan just so he can not care about the Redskins even less, that he wants to care about them more. So he's going to support them. And he's like, I watched that, and I have more fun watching that than I have a Redskins game. That's a positive for sure. And that's now two examples of people making taking shots at the Redskins in favor of the XFL team. So that's a good model. No question about that. 615-737-1045. XFL News, and I will answer Matt's question when we come back here on 104.5 The Zone. So. Back to the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. This is a band of heathens. The tune is called Hurricane. The band is awesome. The song is ridiculously awesome. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. We have talked about the XFL a lot tonight because it debuted this past weekend. 3.3 million watched the most watched game, which is a little higher than what the AAF did when it first debuted. Question was asked right before the break by Matt. He asked me what I thought of the interviews after negative plays on the sidelines. One thing XFL has preached is transparency. And I will say that the stuff they're doing on the sidelines, you might feel like it's gimmickry, but honestly, I'm a million percent in favor of them doing that, especially early on, because again, For the vast majority of the country, these people are complete unknowns. Or they're people that we don't care about. That sounds harsh. It's just accurate. Compared to what we just saw in the NFL, these people don't matter. So you have to let us in. We have to know how these people feel. And one of the best things about basketball as a sport is no helmets. So we get to see their reaction to a negative play as it happens on the floor. And we get to see what happens after LeBron does a chase down block in the NBA finals. 
We get to see the emotion on his face when J.R. Smith calls that boneheaded timeout that ends up losing them game one against the Warriors. We see all of these things. In the XFL, they're wearing helmets, and we don't even know who they are based on what's written on the jersey. So we have to be let in. Another piece of their transparency is their officials being held accountable, having, I think, maybe having their pay tied to it to some degree, and also having to answer questions about what they do. One of the biggest complaints about the NFL is their lack of transparency, their lack of accountability in those areas. So this is a spot where the XFL can look more fan-friendly and just appear to be more approachable. And that's a good thing. These players need to feel more approachable. We need to feel about them the way that alumni of Dillon in Texas felt about the Panthers in Friday Night Lights. We need to care about them and know about them a little bit. Because if we don't care about them, the football, I don't care if the football is 75% as good as the NFL. That's still not going to be enough. The biggest fallacy in all sports is there's not enough football and we need more. I've laid this case out in the past, but briefly and succinctly, if I can pull it off, we finished with about five months worth of football. We're already talking combine. We're already talking draft. We're already doing prep to see who the Titans are going to select near the end of the first round with their first pick or if they're going to try to make a move. We're already looking at Tua's health. I'll speak about that on Wednesday's program. There's all sorts of, there's just a lot happening here. But football is basically a year-round sport. And they always leave you wanting more. It's a movie that you're like, man, I wish that was four hours. When you're walking out super excited after two hours. I promise if it were four hours, you would not have that same impression. It never outstays its welcome. You're always sad to see it go. So here comes the XFL that's not going to bring you quite the same level of quality, even if it's decent. And if you do think you want football, what kind of football do you want more of? You want more of the NFL. So you've got to create stars. That is that is my overarching point after the first weekend of the XFL and all the positives that went around it is you've got to create stars and you've got to do it fast because once people check out, they've checked out. Talk to television executives that are now canceling network TV shows three weeks into their run because the audience number wasn't good to start. And research now proves if they're not watching at first, they're not ever going to watch. They're not going to catch up. There are very few success stories. Now, yes, streaming is a little bit different. But Netflix can afford to take a short-term loss or people not watching it and just keep putting season after season after season. And something like Arrested Development can disappear even though it was really good on Fox because people weren't watching it and they can be revived. And some shows that are critical darlings can be saved like Friday Night Lights was after NBC canceled it in their third year. And it lives thanks to DirecTV and the Audience Network for two more years. There are some success stories out there, but they are few and far between. You have to lock in the audience now because all of us, not just the kids, all of us, increasingly have absurdly short attention spans. We consistently walk around with a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately mindset about everything we consume. 
So if you can't make stars out of these XFL players for me now, I am lost. And I am representative of most of the potential audience out there, which is why I'm saying if you want it to work and you want to be a fan of it, you'd better pick a team now and you better get into bed with them and ride or die with them and marry yourself to them. Because if not, I find it hard to believe that you watching eight teams full of nondescript nicknames and nondescript individuals on those teams is going to hold your interest for longer than about three weeks. We'll be right back with a brand new segment that's about five months in the making here on 104.5 The Zone. Down. Final segment of the Big Six here tonight. Ball calls coming up next. Ryan Mudd didn't know this, but playing Silverchair's anthem for the year 2000, and we're talking about the XFL, which, of course, debuted right around the turn of the century originally in 2001. We're brought to you by Renters Warehouse. They're dedicated to helping homeowners become rent estate investors by renting their homes instead of selling. Renters Warehouse is the rent estate company. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. So it seemed the consensus was that people dug it, but we'll see how long it lasts. That's that's my deal here. I want to see if people are still talking. And hey, let me tell you one other thing, real quick, just an aside. I'm sitting here doing the Fox Show on Sunday morning, and in the studio I'm in there, I've got a big screen and I've got ESPN on. I've got Sports Center on. ESPN slash ABC was a broadcasting partner in that first day's worth of. XFL stuff. And this is football offseason, right? NFL offseason. It was 18 minutes into an hour long sports center before they got to their XFL highlights on the day that the league started. Hours after the first two games were played, a television partner of the XFL chose to do 18 minutes worth of college basketball and baseball news before they talked about this XFL that's going to change the world. Let's just say I continue to have my doubts here, but I'm rooting for every one of these players, and I would love to see this thing work. I know it probably comes across like I don't. I don't. I hope to be wrong here. I don't mind there being more football. I just think that the chances of this, outside of the fact that Vince may be willing to lose enough money that he gives it a real chance, the chances aren't great. The Academy Awards were yesterday. And, of course, I write about pop culture, the Big Six blog. I've written about pop culture now for most of this decade, movies and television specifically. And I had given you my top five, and I had voted for the Music City Film Critics Association Awards, which then get you know submitted to some of the big wigs and everything else. And the film that won Best Picture, I had in my top five. I had it somewhere around three. I would acknowledge that I certainly was not going to have a problem with Parasite winning anything that it won because I thought it was an excellent movie. Definitely dark, black comedy slash thriller, and it was a class struggle kind of movie. But Bong Joon-ho wrote something very compelling. And if you can get past the, and this is a real thing for a lot of people, if you can get past the subtitles, you should check it out. Although some of the content is a little bit much, I will say that. My favorite movie of the year was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I loved. Knives Out, 
right there with it, as is 1917, as is Parasite. Those are the four that really stood out. And then I've got a, a long list of others that I really liked, and I wrote about many of them at the Big Six blog. But if you actually listen to my Fox show, I closed it yesterday by laying out who I thought was going to win in all the major categories. And I actually managed to go 100% on those picks. So had you listened to me and put money down on it, you would have come out pretty well yesterday. I went with Parasite. I went with Phoenix. Uh, I went with Zellweger. I went with Brad Pitt. I went with Laura Dern from Marriage Story. I went with Bong Joon-ho. The only thing I thought was maybe they would split director and best picture here and give Mendez something for 1917. But basically, they just awarded 1917's technical achievements, and that was pretty much where they left it, which it's okay if you want to do that. But 1917, in many years, would have won in a walk. Parasite was unique, and it also possessed the qualities of messaging that Hollywood definitely wanted to deliver. But that's not a slight, and it's not me saying it didn't deserve it, because it absolutely did. It was a great movie. You know, like five or six months ago, I teased that we were going to start a new segment at the end of these programs. And I actually had Rep. Brian of Titans Radio do an open for me, record what I asked him to, to voice for me, and we we're going to throw some music underneath, and we we're going to do this every day. <laughs> and then we didn't do it. And it just came to me today that we could just start doing it. Like, I don't have the intro yet, but I can tell you that there were two missions for the Big Six when it began. And if you listen to me from that beginning show, you heard me lay it out. One was not waste your time, and two was try to make you smarter. And hopefully I get smarter along the way, too. Not like I'm going to make you smarter, but hopefully what I say and what I learn along the way is going to make us all smarter. So we are living in a social media world full of text message shorthand and character limits and abbreviations, and it seems like we're losing touch with language. We've been trained to word down. Now we just use emojis. We don't even use words a lot of time. So what I was thinking is maybe we do the opposite on this show. This has been done in other formats before, but I want to I word up. That's what I want to call the segment. J-Mart's word of the day. I want to spin something out there that maybe can become something that you'll expect in the last two or three minutes of the show that maybe your kids will dig. Maybe it's something that they can use in their writing. Who knows? I was blessed to grow up with a mother and father that cared about how I wrote and wanted me to become smarter and would teach me words and not just let me read past them and not try to explain them. So the first word up here on the Big Six is juxtaposition. It's placing two different or contrasting things next to one another in order to highlight or emphasize differences or reveal interesting similarities. You've, I know I've probably lost you just because of the way that I read that. It comes from two words, juxta, which is Latin for next, and the French position, which comes from a Latin root word meaning to place. It's basically to place two things beside one another, disparate things, different things. Parasite juxtaposed poverty and low class with high society and naivete. Now, you could show the one story, either one of those two stories, and they would be fine. But putting them next to each other emphasized both. Remember that photo of Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis? If you just saw one of them without the other, Deion Lewis, maybe you'd think he was small, but you wouldn't even think much of it. 
and Derrick Henry would still look big, but he would just be there. But putting them next to each other shows and puts a spotlight on the differences. And then all of a sudden, Deion Lewis looks tiny, and Derrick Henry looks like he should be at the top of a beanstalk. And it happens, this is done in literature all the time. Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy, they're both effective, but when you put them together, you see the differences highlighted. And then, in our culture, there's rap music. There's hip-hop music that uses juxtaposition, which is really just a literary device, uses it all the time. Notorious B.I.G. lyrics that I found. Birthdays were the worst days. Now we sip champagne when we thirsty. What that basically means is, I used to be so poor, we were lucky if we had a piece of cake. And now every day's a party because I'm rich and powerful. Rap music lyrics employ this juxtaposition all the time because it's rags to riches, which is juxtaposition in itself. So there is your first word up. We'll see if this segment takes off. We'll see if you guys dig it. You can tweet me at jmartzone. Let me know what you think and even offer up some word choices as well. Like I said, two missions on this show. Not to waste your time. And hopefully we all become smarter. Rising tide lifts all boats. And so me looking up these words and trying to find the right examples and throwing a sports tinge in it, hopefully we're all going to get a little bit brighter and we don't have to necessarily rely on the characters and the social media and the emojis. Juxtaposition. Helps you emphasize stuff, kids. Use it in your writings. Placing two things beside one another. Vol Calls is next. I'm off tomorrow. I'll see you Wednesday. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night from the Music City.